Okay, we're on a speed date right now. Ready? <laughs> I've never done speed date. Me, me neither, but I've always wanted to. Okay, we're on a speed date. Okay. Um, uh. Hey, Tim. Hi, Jesse. <laughs> oh, nice, nice to meet you. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Kansas. Kansas. Mm -hmm. oh, Have never, you been? I've never been there before, but I'll tell you what. You're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I'm going to suck your dick. <gasps> All teeth. My fave. Eye contact all the time. Uh, yeah. Can you make it as dry as possible? Of course. Just. Hell yeah. That's Can how I do it. Uh, you ever been to <laughs> Kansas City, Missouri? That's where I'm from. You know, it's, I, you know, it's, it's interesting that you're from there and you want to hang out with people because you know what they say. What? Missouri loves company. I'm wet. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Dudes Behind the Foods. <laughs> I'm Tim Chantaranti, and I'm a very loose woman. <laughs> let's just let's just start the day, start every episode with an Im improvisational scene. You've you've ever uh, been on a blind date before? No, never. Um, never been on a blind date. Uh, never. I've always wanted to go speed dating, though. Have you ever been on a blind date? Yes. Ooh. I wonder if I told this story before, but I. Not to me. So when I was. Uh, my best friend at the time, this guy, literally, he's like the mayor of the town. This guy can talk to anybody. Mm. And um, he wanted to go on a date with this girl really bad, but she had a homegirl. And he was mm. like, hey, I need you to come with me. She has a friend. Mm -hmm. Whatever. You got to be the wingman. Cool, whatever. And his girl was very cute. I was like, then the friend's most likely going to be cute too. Mm -hmm. Or so you thought. Or so. Well, listen, she was she was cute, but in the most dangerous way possible. This girl was like an ex-convict. Mm. Dog, I've never been, I've never dated somebody so because the type of women I like are actually just goofy, for, normal girls. You okay. know what I mean? This girl was like a hardened criminal. <laughs> like she looked like she just got out of prison. And the way that you you like you ever talk to people who who like. They're so hood, you don't know what's gonna make them laugh. Mm. Like I didn't know what to say to her because okay. she would she would laugh about some of the most inappropriate shit that I didn't find funny. <laughs> but it would be like some hood type of shit, so uh -huh. I couldn't figure out her flow. Okay, and I forgot I said this one random fucking joke, and she started busting up laughing super fucking hard. But I didn't know what the joke was, so mm -hmm. I didn't know, I, and I wasn't laughing. And then she looked at me and she goes, "Oh, was that not a joke?" But she said super aggressive, and I started sweating. And I looked at my friend, and I was, I, was, I was texting him as I was sitting next to him. I was like, I fucking hate you. This girl is so fucking scary, dude. Yo. I hated that situation. I do not like blind dates. Give me her info, and let me see if I can crack that. I'm pretty sure you could. <laughs> I can't do it. I still remember what she looks like, but this was like, what, 12 years ago? Mm. But she had like, you know, the little baby hairs kind of like pressed down on her head. Mm. She was like a Mexican girl. Oh, I love super an aggressive chola, dog. Aggressive chola, super fucking long nails. Like, oh my God, dude. She scared the living shit out of me. I'm not like that. I'm a very, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I wasn't ready. And I, you know, I think like the, the reason why I didn't like that too is that I felt like I had to get out of character in order to make her feel comfortable on the date. I see. You see what I'm saying? You didn't want to have to fake who you were. To exactly. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, I'm a little too soft for this girl. Man, I used to love, like in my dating days, I used to love if I felt that someone, well, of course I had to be attracted to them, but I used to love like a challenge, you know what I'm saying? So I felt if I, if, if any girl was ever like, I don't normally date Asian guys or I'm not usually into Asian guys, I'd be like, oh, locked my fucking target on her. I am going to. Oh, let me show you what's up with Asian yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always my shit. If ever a girl's like, mm, I don't really like Asian guys. I'm like, I've never messed with an Asian guy before. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to charm the little panties off this broad. Does it always work? For the most part. Oh, see, you charming motherfucker, dude. <laughs> You're so fucking charming, man. I don't like challenges. <laughs> I'm like, look at this girl. She might be interested. I'm gonna walk up to her. I'm not attracted to her. Don't like her at all. But she's not gonna hurt it's my feelings. Sure bet. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hi. She goes, oh my god, somebody's finally talking to me. 
I'm like, yeah, me and you, we're going to go home. I mean, there's definitely something uh, comforting in, in, in that. You know what I'm saying? When a girl, you when you know immediately she's into you, it's kind of like, oh, I think I like this girl. I think she just became a little more attractive to me for some reason. If they deny you a little bit, it's like, oh, this is right. We're going to play a little bit. Yeah, man. We're going to have some fun. Not me. <laughs> it scares me. <laughs> I scare. When I was younger, it used to be like that until like, um, I think you get older and you just start to realize that rejection is just a part of the process. Because mm-hmm. every time you're trying to strike, you're trying to go, not strike, you're trying to like go for a home run every single time you meet a girl. And it just generally, even some of the best looking dudes who have it all, they don't, it doesn't work like that. Did I tell you about the moment my life changed? I don't think so. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, David, so. <clears throat> Please tell me. There was one moment in my young adult life where I realized that this was like that. Okay, this this moment changed the way I looked at things and my perspective on life. All right, so I was probably like 12, 13. Um, I was at the Lakewood Mall at a Vans store, and I saw this beautiful girl. She looked like she might have been like black and Asian because she had very Asian eyes, but she had like a fro. Okay, mm. and I was like, this girl is beautiful i need to talk to her but then i was like ah but then i was like doubting myself i was like nah nah, nah you can't talk nah nah what are you gonna say how, you, how old were you probably 12 12 13 yeah you look young ass horny ass boy man <laughs> damn when i was 12 i don't even think i was thinking like that oh i 100 was oh my god so i'm like i'm gonna go i'm just trying to talk to this girl I'm trying to talk to this girl i was probably like i don't know like 13 right i'm like but then i was just so nervous i was like forever doubting myself i couldn't i couldn't get the nerve to say anything to her and I, then finally in my head i was like all right i'm gonna go talk to her i have to talk to her I turned around she was gone forever i went outside looked around she was gone i was like shit that could have been my wife and then i realized from that moment on when you get rejected Yes, it's gonna feel stupid. <laughs> Twelve years old thinking yeah. this shit. Well, yeah, dog. Cause let's say, God damn. Because I was thinking that could have been the moment that I messed up. I missed out on so much potential for memories and good times, right? So I'm like, from that moment on, I was like, I realized that getting rejected, you feel stupid for like five minutes, but the feeling of regret. And what if mm. that lasts forever? Because you will always think back like, damn, that one girl. What if that was the girl, right? And so I took that with me in life. And I was like, I'm not going to feel stupid if I try to do something and I fail. Because if I don't try, I'm going to fucking regret it forever. You are a very introspective 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that is, the, If I had a 12-year-old say that shit to me, I'd sock him in the mouth. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are <laughs> fucking having all these introspective thoughts? You don't know shit. That's crazy. I think when I was 12, I don't think I thought any of that shit. Maybe I was 12 and a half. Still? <laughs> what the fuck? 12, 13, even at the age of 14, I don't think I thought like that. I was just a very, I mean, and I still am a very thinking ass person. I, I get very analytical of myself. I mean, people might not know that from watching the videos, but... Um, you know, I like to think about shit. Because that type of thoughts happened to me when I was around like 17, 18. Mm. At the age of 12, that wasn't it. But you were a little horn horn boy, huh? It just came down to, well, I never had a phase in my life where I thought girls were gross or anything like that. I just always loved women, man. From like the young, young age of like probably like preschool. Because I had crushes on girls. But mm-hmm. even even as an adult, I was never like, I never... I was definitely the less hornier one in the group, mm. right? But definitely within the group, I had a lot more like home girls than I did have home boys. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I didn't have much of like an ulterior motive when I would hang out with these girls. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's also just because I was in my parents' beauty supply store, so everybody that walked through that door was a woman. Mm-hmm. So it was just probably something that I was a little more comfortable with. Um, I had a lot of home girls, but I was also very just a horny boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you ever convert the the home girl into like a fuck buddy or like? Yes, yes, and I think, um, you know, because people will say it's impossible to get out of like the quote unquote friend zone, right? And I think it's not impossible. I didn't, I never liked that phrase, by the way. Friend zone? Yeah. Yeah, it's silly. Because well, typically the people who use the word friend zone a lot are the ones who could have never gotten that girl in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like you establish yourself as this fucking dickless Ken doll in front <laughs> of them for fucking three years. Yep. And then you expected them to like you when you didn't make any fucking moves. That's not friend zone. Mm-hmm. You, you 
placed yourself there on purpose because you were too scared to get rejected. Or you just weren't attractive and that's nobody's fault. Yeah, except for yours, <laughs> ugly. <laughs> it's like, the thing about it is, if a girl wasn't attracted to you, she's not gonna look at you that way, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean, and that's what a lot of people don't realize and where I base my whole point on right now is that attraction can grow, you mm-hmm. feel me? And not that like, you know, uh, you should be friends with a girl with the plan of getting out of the friend zone and fucking seducing her. But I've had homegirls in the past that initially were just like, nah, you know, like it's not like that, Tim. But, you know, I'm I'm a very like flirty by nature person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And then I would be like, kind of let it be known, like, okay, we're friends, but you know, you know, I'm attracted to you, blah blah blah, and like we would flirt, blah blah blah, and then it was like a flirty friendship, and then eventually, and I always say this, I always say, you can get out of the quote unquote friend zone if you can make a girl <laughs> think about what it might be like to make out with you, okay? Mm. If you can get her curious to cross that line in her head, then there's potential to be more than friends. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. had a homegirl who. Like, we were friends for years, and then I think it finally got to a point where, you know, we would flirt, and then, and then, and then one day, we just, I think we were like, I don't know, we were just, we just wound up kissing, right? And then when we kissed, she was like, oh, shit. She was like, you can kiss. And I'm like, yeah. And then, because I'm such a great kisser, too, and I got these fucking soft-ass, succulent lips, she was like, she was like, let's keep kissing. (laughs) And then it kind of progressed from there, you know what I'm saying? Um, And I think that, and and I think it's as as small as, like, you know, just kind of making sure you keep the flirty friendship alive. But see, that's the thing, too, though. Like, you have, there's, like, initiative in this, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, like, the straightforwardness is what a lot of people, a lot of young men lack because Mm -hmm. they're too scared to admit that they're afraid of rejection, right? Mm -hmm. And I was was joking about it before. I was like, oh, I only go for, that's a joke, right? But I'm serious, like, you have to just get rid of that idea that you're going to get rejected because it's going to happen. That's why I also fucking hate the phrase, nice guys finish last. That's the fucking I hate that shit Cause every fucking dude That has said that shit Has never been the guy That women have ever desired Not because <laughs> And the, the thing about The nice guys finish last thing Is like you're actually Not a nice guy And I say this all the time Is because these dudes They think that women Have to like them Because they're a nice yes, guy Yes it's all ulterior, ulterior motives Exactly Like there's no woman That is obligated to like you Just because you're nice to them You are nice If you're a nice guy Just because you're a nice person mm-hmm. For you to expect this woman to just be like oh I have to like him because he treated me well right. is literally the most fucking I, that's pretty misogynistic right it's pretty <laughs> terrible it's the matriarch it's the patriarchy yeah, the bro. patriarchy I just don't like that because like you know when you have a lot of homegirls are like oh yeah I cut this guy and I stopped being friends because he liked me and I said no and you know then he comes up and says oh nice guys finished last it's like or you're just a big fucking puss yeah you never, and, you, and you fucking stink yeah and you smell like fucking I don't know, open butthole. And Parmesan cheese. Yes. And you, yes, you were a nice guy. That's great. Then you should relish in the fact that you were a nice dude that didn't make a move. And and the same way that um, my original thought from the van store can be used in life, I hate dudes that say nice guys finish last in life. And they're like, no. And they feel like because they. You know, because I didn't step on anyone to get to the top. I didn't succeed. It's like, no, no, you can be successful and still be a nice person. Mm -hmm. And I hate that people get into the mindset of like, because they failed at something, they think, oh, it's because I didn't, you know, I didn't like run over people on my way to the top. That's why I didn't make it to the top. Like, no, bro, you just... You just, you failed. That happens. And I, that's what I'm saying. I got to see the person who says that, that actually has, does something dope. Because every person I've heard that said that, I look at their shit. I'm like, you're actually just not good. Mm-hmm. Right? So the, but the difference is between the other person who maybe not, they're not good just like you. They just worked harder. I, and look, I think that's the difference, right? Because there's so many talented people, like, that are so good that what they do that never gets seen and and never become successful and I think the difference is the people that do get on are the ones that fucking work like yeah. there are really hard workers out there that aren't the best at what they do but they put in the work you know what I'm saying yeah and it's also that idea that where people think that it's it's that terrible idea of this is what I deserve mm. nothing is ever owed to you no one owes you shit yeah 
I hate that thing. It's yes. like, and they get disappointed. They think it's the rest of the world. It's like, you thought that that was owed to you. It's not. Yeah, bro. Like, you know what I mean? It's Fucking just... entitlement, man. People feel like so much is owed to them, but it's like nobody, literally nobody owes you shit mm-hmm. in the world. You know what I'm saying? And if you didn't get what you wanted, then keep going after what you wanted. Like nothing is stopping you from continuing to try to get what you want. You know what I'm saying? I had a conversation with a friend. The funny thing about this person is that they didn't talk to me for a couple years because I said this to them Mm. and I didn't know that they were hurt by this. Right. But I, I mean, we're friends. We've been friends for a very long time. And I think that, they got really bitter because they started watching other people around them become very successful. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like that shit, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you really are these people's peers and friends, you should be happy in their success. And if you want to be where they're at, just work towards it and then you guys can all grow together, right? And I think the hard part is is that this person was like, oh, these, you know, well, they're getting big off of like TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. That's not real acting. Mm. And I'm like, why, why? And I basically, what I told this person was like, listen, just because you want to feel good about where you're at in life, you don't have to shit on these other people, mm-hmm. right? You can say you don't find their stuff funny or whatever, but for you to sit there and just like hate them mm-hmm. because they're successful in their own medium doesn't make any sense. I dislike a lot of like TikTok, but but I don't sit there and say like they don't deserve what they have. Mm-hmm. They do. They worked hard in that aspect. right? And so what I told this person was like, how about you just stop fucking shitting on people and then you just do your own work and be successful in your acting world yeah, bro. and then it's a different type of success but right now I don't want to every time I meet you you're just shitting on people all the time mm-hmm. and I was like I don't want to be around that I shit. don't want so, that energy yeah cut that shit out mm-hmm. I don't like that stuff like be happy when your friends are successful and other people too I was like if you're such a good fucking actor go take their roles mm-hmm. right Go take their roles. And the person then talked to me for two years and they gave me the silent treatment. But I didn't know because I didn't know it was a silent treatment. <laughs> and so they came up to me. She was like, so I'm I'm done with the silent treatment. And I'm like, you gave me the silent treatment? Like, I, thought, I thought you just didn't hear me. <laughs> yeah. She got hella mad because she didn't know that I was getting the silent treatment. It's like when someone comes, they're like, I'm back from vacation. Like, you were gone? <laughs> Did you go somewhere? <laughs> Come on, gay. <laughs> Um, nah, man, I kind of had to learn that lesson too, to be honest. Because um, I remember when Viners first started popping off, right? And I, I remember being a little bitter because I was like, I've been fucking grinding, knocking out these five-minute sketches, full production teams, and now these kids and their cell phones and their six-second videos are at the same venues as me, getting the same opportunities, the same brand deals as me. Yeah. And I, I remember feeling salty about it, right? But then I realized, and then I, I flashed back to when my, my first season on Wild and Out, I was in the green room with uh with uh fucking Emmanuel Hudson, another dude that came from YouTube, and one of the hilarious o- guy by hilarious the way, hilarious dude, and one of the comedians, a traditional stand-up comic. Came into the room. I don't know if he was on some drugs or was a little high, a little drunk, but he came into the green room. He was like, y'all don't deserve to be on this show with me. I Googled y'all. Y'all don't deserve to be on this show with me. I've been doing this for so how long? And, Damn. Um, yeah. And I was like, I was like, you know what, bro? I Googled you too. You know what I found? He was like, what? I was like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. But he came up to me later and I guess he came down from whatever high he was on. He was like, hey man, my bad about early. You know I was just fucking around. We just hazing you a little bit. But I knew he was in his feelings because he was on something in his feelings. But then I realized when I was hating on the Viners, that was I was on the same shit. Yeah. You know, like why should I feel like, you know, my success has nothing to do with their success mm-hmm. and vice versa, you know? Um, and, and like like you said, why should I be bitter that someone else found their own path and their way to get on you know yeah it is it's just it's a waste of fucking time man mm-hmm. and it's not going to make you feel any better it's not like you just dig yourself this fucking hole of hate constantly just hating on the same thing for no fucking reason and guess what all the time you spend thinking about them they're not thinking about you and in fact they probably like you because mm-hmm. you paved the way for them and you're sitting there hating on these fucking kids over here bitter yeah man Well, we'll come back after this break. (laughs) (laughs) When I was uh, doing stand-up years ago... um, I, I got a little bit of taste of this, uh, just like you did from that older older person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was doing the set at um, the Ice House Pasadena, and there was a guy who walked up to me, and I still remember this dude's face. And I was already irritated at this venue because 
at the time, if you were a stand-up comic, to be called a YouTuber was mm. the most offensive shit mm. that you could ever say. Right. Because I started doing stand-up when I was 16, and when I came to LA, I was 26, 27 at the time. So it was already 11 years in. Mm. So I get there, I told him, like, yo, uh, you know, I, I got a little bit of a name. It wasn't huge, but YouTube just started around that time where mm. it was popping, and they let me do a 15-minute set. I was like, oh, I'd love to do a 15-minute set. And I specifically told the person who was making the flight, who was doing the, I forgot the guy who, who he was. I said, don't put YouTuber, put stand-up comic. And he put YouTuber on there. Mm. As a slight to me, fucking made me heated. <laughs> right? I was fucking angry. Yeah. And before I go on stage, there was this other guy that comes up to me, goes, oh, you're the YouTuber, right? And I'm already like not in a good mood. Yeah. And it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, I've been doing stand-up for about four years now, so if you need pointers before you go on, you let me know. And I had already been doing stand-up for 11 years at that point. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool, let me go up. And then he goes up, he fucking bombs, mm. bro. And as he's bombing, I'm fake laughing hella loud in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm heckling the fuck out of this guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just bombs that set, just walks past me super angry. I go up, I, I don't say I smash, but I did pretty decent, Yeah, right? yeah. I come back, I was like, you got any pointers for me? <laughs> let me know, Like, what, give me some pointers. Yeah. What? Come on. Yeah. And you just sat there just fucking pissed off. I was like, don't fucking talk to me like that. Like, I've been doing this shit six years longer than you have. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear your stupid fucking advice. Maybe he was trying to be nice, dude. Did you ever think of that? No, he wasn't. Maybe he, he was trying was... to offer you some advice from an OG because no. he didn't know that you used to do stand-up. Did you tell him that you used to do stand-up? No, because he called me the YouTuber. <laughs> well, he read the flyer. How about no, that? I know when people are sliding me. <laughs> Did he make the flyer? No. Well, guess what? <laughs> He's not doing stand-up anymore. What's he? He has a hit YouTube channel. His name is Shane Dawson, <laughs> and he's the most popular YouTuber in the world. I know. Is it before or after the inappropriate jokes about children? <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs to Shane Dawson. You're actually the reason why I even started YouTube. Oh yeah, you told that story. Yeah. So thank you guys for you know, and I was hating on him. Look at you. Yeah. But Get then, that hate out of your heart, David. But he motivated me, though. Yeah? Because I was like, oh, this guy, man, he is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I started doing my own thing. Did I tell you he went to high school with my ex? Oh, for reals? Yeah, Lakewood High. Oh, I didn't know he was from uh, here. Yeah, 562, Lakewood, California. Where is that? That is towards, let's see. Um, so you know where Long Beach is? If you go um, north from Long Beach towards Paramount, which is where I'm at, uh, Lakewood is, or where I was at, Lakewood is in between Paramount and Long Beach. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Is 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 he is he gay? Because I, I, I'm never sure he, if he came out. Um, but then I saw him, because uh, I'm, I'm only asking that because I saw pictures of him years ago with the, with a girlfriend. Yeah, no, he had a and girlfriend and he also had a boyfriend. Um, oh, so he's, he's uh, fluid or, or bisexual, yeah. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure with the specific specification, but yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah. 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 He started doing... Um, like this, um, not murder mystery type of stuff, but oh, like uh, yeah, conspiracy type uh, documentary type shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah Is yeah. he still around? Cause he he got into some heat. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's uploaded in years. Oh, since I, since, yeah. since the 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 heatiest the heat the hottest of the heat, he's been chilling. Mm. But um, he did something where it had everybody tripping because it was about how Chuck E. Cheese pizzas are just like slapped together with different slices of old pizza because like they were like. I didn't watch the whole thing, but they were opening up different Chuck E. Cheese pizzas, which is delicious, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then the slices, none of the slices were like the same size. A lot of them were different sizes. So the, the, the theory was that is Chuck E. Cheese just taking old slices of pizza and just putting them all together to make one pizza for people? Oh, shit. Yeah, it was a thing. I wonder if uh, Chuck E. Cheese went after him for that, for libel and slander. I don't know. But I'll tell you the funny story. My boy Coco from high school. <laughs> My boy Coco was he used to he he had the job as Chucky at Chuck E. Cheese's, right? Hilarious. And he he has this story where he got like super nauseous in the suit because like he was having like a mini like either like his heart was hurting or he like or he was like nauseous, but he was like you know about to f pass out. So he's walking around, but you're not allowed to take your helmet off outside with the kids. You have to go back uh behind the 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 curtain or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So he's fucking like about to pass out in the Chuck E. Cheese suit and the kids are like, "Chucky's drunk! Chucky's drunk!" cuz he's walking around trying not to fucking That's faint. That's hella funny. <laughs> it's like, "No, I'm dying, kids." <laughs> I forget exactly what happened, but yeah. Chucky's drunk. Chuck E. Cheese is like 
Chuck E. Cheese oh. banned Shane Dawson after that conspiracy. Wow, how about wow. that? And Thank you, Robin Couch. That sucks for Shane Dawson because he loves little kids. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the controversy. The controversy was he tried to jack off his cat or something. No, he no, he no. Made... He's going to come on his cat's stomach. That was the joke. No, he made an inappropriate joke at uh, about Willow Smith. Willow Smith. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know, that I was know. the thing. He's too. Because <laughs> come on a cat's stomach. <laughs> what kind of random shit is that for? <laughs> but look, you know, the thing about it is, you know, Shane Dawson. I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm not here trying to defend Shane Dawson. But there was a time of the internet, right? Whether it was Twitter or YouTube, like 2010 was a weird time where everybody was just saying reckless shit just to be reckless. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You were tweeting like the craziest shit you could think of to come to mind. The Logan Paul thing and the. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, and then but also yeah, but also like I feel like every comedian or every person that thought they were funny on Twitter was just saying like the most ridiculous shit that you didn't mean. You know, it'd be like oh, oh I woke up and. Came on my cat today. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It was just it's it's the weird psychosis of being a part of social media and uh, like somebody like uh, Logan, he's young. He's still like below twenty five or something, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. He's super fucking young, and so like he grew up in an era where too where it's just about doing the most ridiculous shit is the thing that gets you the most popular. And he never walked around checked. And then he, the hardest check he had was when he did that suicide thing. Yeah. And, and I did a video about that. Yeah. Um, and I remember specifically, because, you know, I mean, he's popping again now. You know what I'm saying? He was I mean, able he's, to. I mean, I'll say this too, man. I don't know the guy, so I can't have an opinion about him really. Yeah. But fuck, that boy is talented. He's dude. so talented. He's, he's a, and, and look, in, he's in real life. In real life, he's a nice guy. He probably he's a yeah. fucking entertainer. Like I just saw him do that WWF WWE WrestleMania <laughs> yeah, shit. He did great. Let me tell you something. He made me a little bit of a fan because <laughs> I love wrestling, and I saw how good he he did. Yeah. amazing. The athleticism and the showmanship and the showmanship. I'm yes. like, holy shit! You don't you don't have to like him, but to say that he is not talented, not true. Right. He is an entertainer to the max. And look, man, okay, yes, yes, of course, his his vlog days with his brother, extremely cringy, right? But I think now they've, uh, I mean, like all of us, our, our content has evolved, um, he's evolved, and I, I believe in forgiving people when they apologize. Um, after the Suicide Force shit, I did a video about it, because I, I responded specifically to his apology, where in the apology, he says, you know, I have this show that I do weekly and I just you know uh, sometimes I lose tra- whatever he said but specifically what stuck out to me is that he called his vlogs a show you know when normally you think of a vlog you think this is someone's everyday life right but what I realized for him was especially when you're daily vlogging right you get this blur of crazy life th- I have to do crazy things yes. crazy things crazy like, things what is content and what is life you feel me yeah. so when you're going every day and you're trying to get crazy ass content your your life becomes in your head a show now where it's like when you watch like a real scripted show motherfuckers are zombies mm-hmm. <laughs> killing each other vampires the cr- craziest shit you can say to each other right fucking always sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> fucking the craziest yeah. characters right so he's like I have to create this show so he's like the, the line is blurred for what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, you know? So I think that's where his, his brain just got fucked. And then when he got checked for it... I he think was it, 21 at the time or some shit. Yeah, man. I think it was a good wake-up call, you know? Um, and he actually had me on his podcast a couple years ago. And this was after I'd put out that video in response to his his whole controversy. And we were probably talking for like 20 minutes before he's like, All right, man, let's cut this shit. Do you hate me or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, nah, man, I don't hate you. It's, it's hard to hate somebody you don't know. Exactly. And like, I I didn't know him. And, and like I said, I don't think people should be, um, like held. I mean, yeah, you should be held accountable, but I I think you should be able to forgive people. Yeah. And you know, for me too, like when I saw, I was like really pissed just on not not so much at him, but it's just like sometimes with like people who live in America, when they go travel places, there's a reason why people hate fucking Americans. Oh, a hundred percent. Because we feel that we are this elite fucking country and we could do whatever the fuck we want and when you go to a country like Japan right these people are very reserved mm-hmm. for most of the part except for at night when they drink and they party and they get out of their fucking business clothes or something yeah, like yeah. that right and they go to sex clubs yeah, and they start dressing up as these people named Candy and shit like that yeah. so they you know it's a reserved country and so when you do t- stuff like that then you just like well what's the problem it's like you're not in your own country right now and even if you were that shit's sh- still inappropriate I think that's what I think honestly the the him running around disrespecting Japan like 
made me more upset than the Suicide Forest shit. Yeah, it was just that. It was like, it's like you're literally making Americans look terrible. Yeah. And it's exactly what people talk about. And he was like epitomizing exactly what people hated about it. So it was so fucking irritating. But, you know, once I got to think about it, I was like, wait, how old is he? Mm -hmm. Have I made mistakes before? And I have to understand that he lives in a different world. And and he's not going to do it again. And he didn't. No. He didn't do it again. So, hey, let it go now. The Logan Paul comeback is amazing. You know, hey, you can't kill that monster, dude. He's entertaining, <laughs> and you physically can't kill him. He's a beast of a man. That's the funny thing. thing too. People are like, "I'll beat his ass." Like, even if he didn't know how to fight at the time, <laughs> the guy's gigantic. He's huge, and he's a wrestler too. He'll wrestle you to the floor and butt fuck you if you wanted to. And he's very handsome. Very handsome <laughs> for a white boy. He has a white boy handsomeness. And I tell you what, his brother Jake Paul, little little uh, little slow looking, less less likable. But I think what he's done well is he's monetized people's hatred for him but do you know what the funny thing about him is though i saw this there was like a random clip mm. i forgot where it might have been on his brother's podcast but mm. he's like sitting there bawling his eyes out because mm. he's like everybody's like you know i want jake paul to die i hate, i don't understand why i was like wait you're not doing that on purpose no <laughs> I was he like, is i was like do you not know i thought you're doing that on purpose why are you crying he knows yeah i even think i think it's, it's all probably of a sham yeah dude yeah they know what's up dog. Dude, the thing about him is like I don't know him either, but I don't find him that entertaining like his brother. Like, his brother's way more entertaining to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what you find entertaining, you know? Because his brother, too, is just, he's also just kind of funny and smart with his words. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, entertaining to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah. brother kind of, like, he doesn't, he, I don't know, he just seems a little slow. So I, I can't really attach to a lot of his stuff. I'm not going to lie, man. Um, Look, Everyday Bro wasn't a good song, but he dropped another one after that. And I was like, hey, this is not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. I don't know who's writing his shit, but the production was on point. His flow is getting better. I was mm. like, I'm not too mad at this one. I'm not going to lie right now. <laughs> not going to lie. All right, you and Jake Paul, boxing match, let's go. <laughs> He'd kill both of us. But probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who think that, you know, oh, he's not a real boxer. Probably not. You know, in in terms of him fighting, you know, another pro, yeah, he's probably gonna get his ass lit up, yeah. But any type of layman out there, you're gonna get your ass beat by him. That boy is strong and, and he's been fast. he's been putting in work, like a lot of work. He has the money and the time for it. Mm-hmm. So unless you got the money and time, like he does, you're not gonna walk up to him and just outbox this kid. He hits hard. You gotta realize he knocked out a former four time belt defending welterweight from the UFC who no he is not a real boxer but still the fact that he knocked him out is pretty insane mm-hmm. right even if he's 40 doesn't matter and I'll tell you this on the renaissance fair episode of when foodie calls I slammed the hammer and made the thing go up higher than David okay first of all can, can, we, can we can we okay hey he had two tries I did I did I did the, and he didn't warn me <laughs> about how slippery that shit was. Yeah, I didn't get a warning. And I, my shit slipped out of my hands. I was like, shit! Yeah, that first one, so I've never, we've, have you ever done that before? No. Me neither. So I, I almost was damn near uncomfortable trying to figure out like yeah. the weight distribution of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So my first one was so weak sauce and then... Luckily for the second one, I had a little better like understanding of it. But in my head, and, it, and I, it was decent. And then I was like, in my head, when David was going, I was like, don't go too much higher than me, please. And then it was whack. And I was like, yes! That shit was so slippery. It was weird. Like, it was weird swinging. It felt funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I've swung an axe before. Right. You know, because I, I, I do like wood fire cooking. So I, you know, cut wood all the time. And then when I grabbed it, I was like, this is weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's slippery and the end is so much heavier than you expect. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's different, you know. Anyways, y'all see the episode. Um, I, I actually, I was going to say that when you brought up Axe, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever golfed? No. So I understand that golfing is like the thing you do when you're older. Because <laughs> you're not going to be as explosive, as athletic. Golfing is hard and it's just boring as fuck to me. You know what? So here's the thing, right? You know what's crazy is when I was taking boxing lessons, it reminded me of when I was taking golf lessons. Really? <laughs> yes. Because there's so much to remember at one time. Yes. And I did not realize that much went into boxing. Um, you know, because that first first lesson, you just kind of swing around and shit. You fucking hit the dude's gloves, whatever, whatever. Then when you start taking a couple more lessons it's like then and you're like you know fucking your weight and like your hips and your feet and all types of shit and that's literally how it was when i was taking golf lessons yeah. it's like so much like your weight distribution and how you're um rotating and all this shit that you kind of have to like 
at the same time remember and um and that is what made me it just took me back to my old days of taking golf lessons every day as a young child boxing is just one of those like just fighting is so hard right and I think like when I always get amazed when I see young like these young YouTubers like I want to be in a boxing match. And I just think in my head, why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like why? Why do you want to do this? Yeah, but, you know, because I have no inclination to compete. Mm -hmm. Right. You do it once, it feels all right, and then afterwards, I'm like, no, this is not for me. Like I enjoy the sport. I love the science. Like mm -hmm. I like being a martial artist. Mm -hmm. I don't care to compete. I was presented recently with the opportunity to potentially box somebody at one of these. David Choi. Who are you going <laughs> to box? He's not a YouTuber. It's, it's a different story. I'll talk about it another time. But he's not a YouTuber, but it was going to be at one of these events. And I was like, never. I'm not doing this shit. Like, for one, I just, I, I, I watch those things, but I'm also like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to train to box another YouTuber. Like, I think it's, it's just like, it's not for me. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. also it's like, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. <laughs> yeah, and also too, it's like, let's say somebody, there was a, a promotion that hit me up the box, mm. right? And I asked them how much were they going to pay me. Mm -hmm. And I said, how much? And they were offering $15,000. Mm. Absolutely not. Definitely not worth Are it. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, yeah. I'll make that shit in a fucking month. <laughs> right, right, like, right. <laughs> Easy, without getting punched in the face. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not going to do it. And I throw the number, I was like, they're like, what's your number? I said, fucking half a million. <laughs> They're like, well, we can't pay that. No shit. I'm not. And they're like, well, they're like, well, you've boxed. I was like, listen, I've only been boxing for real, maybe four months. Yeah. There's no fucking way. And even if I'm better than this guy, it doesn't mean he doesn't have a puncher's chance of knocking my ass out. Right. And I cannot get knocked out. I talk so much shit online. Oh my god. People would eat eat it up. Yeah. I you I would not want to be a meme for a month. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Personally, I don't think I would become a meme because I got. Your boy got hands. Oh, David so got hands, y'all. And I'm about to uh, massage his hands right now while y'all take a break. And we're back. Yeah, I, I don't know about the whole boxing is a, also a rough sport. Like, you can get hurt really, really fucking bad, you know? And I just have, like, one time, so recently, not too long ago, there was a guy that um, that came in to train with us, right? And I don't do, like, traditional boxing. It's all, like, MMA kickboxing-based, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's not a traditional stance. It's a little awkward, a little weird, which kind of gives me an advantage because it's not, the rhythm is different. Guy comes in, really nice guy, and I've met him before, super nice dude. And when we spar, we spar, we do technical rounds. So, you could wear a mouthpiece, but you don't have to really when we box mm. because we don't hit each other that hard. It's more for the technique, um, trying to implement like new head movement, new mm. movement, just so you get a rhythm. And if you want to go harder, then you can, but that's not how we ever do it. Yeah. Guy comes in and literally like when you spar, you could kind of set the tempo and he's new to us. Mm. So I come in, we throw a nice little whatever, like one of these <laughs> like little jabs like this. Yeah, yeah. This guy ducks, throws a full clip punch. I have no mouthpiece on, which means he could have knocked my teeth out. Uh. And he clips me with the full power right hand to the fucking mouth and my head cocks back. Really? And then you can see like all the homies are watching. They're like, <gasps> and then I, I don't remember doing this because I just went red. <laughs> right, right, right. And I looked at him and my buddy Pat is laughing his ass off after this because I unload on him. Mm. I, I go... I beat the living fucking brakes off of this yeah, fool. Yeah. And then literally my buddy Pat is laughing his ass off. <laughs> Nobody's stopping this shit. And he goes, looks at me. He goes, I was like, why are you laughing so much? He goes, because when he hit you in the face, do you, do you know what you did? I was like, what did I do? He goes, you looked like you just ate some ice cream that you had for the first time and it was delicious. <laughs> he said, I went, I went. Mm. Like that, and then you just started marching towards him. He goes, "You beat the brakes off of that fool," and I got so fucking mad. And I remember he tried to dap up. I just fucking you know swatted his hand away. Oh, damn! I was like, "Get the fuck away from me, man!" Because yep. like, you don't have a mouthpiece on. You could literally smash your teeth. Yeah, bro. He could have fucking broke your shit, dude. We're we're on camera too. I can't have missing fucking teeth. I mean, you would have had a nice little veneer. <laughs> uh, speaking of teeth, you should get a Goody Brand tongue scraper at GoodyBrand.com. You think brushing your teeth? 
teeth is enough to get rid of nasty ass breath. Well, you're wrong because you got all types of disgusting things on your tongue that you're not scraping off. Go to goodybrand.com. Get yourself an all copper tongue scraper right now. Why did you guys make a tongue scraper? <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I'll, I'll tell you what. So for years in my YouTube career, I have been telling people to brush their tongue. Uh, I, I like whenever I used to do like dating advice videos, I would tell guys like, yo, you know, make sure you smell good. Make sure you were fucking flossing and make sure you brush your tongue because a lot of people, they think they're good on the exterior, but they open their mouths and their breath stinks and they got nasty ass tongues because they don't brush their tongue. Um, later in life, I uh, maybe like even like a couple years ago, I started scraping my tongue because um, I found a tongue scraper online and I was like, oh shit, I'm, I got some gunk on my tongue. You know what I'm saying? And then so I've been... The goody boys, we're in a group chat. We're always kind of talking about like what kind, what type of accessories could we get into, you know? Because accessories do really well. It's like it's like super low um, overhead. It's like you know, like you just kind of you know you can buy shit for cheap. Um, and uh, and we're looking at accessories. We started doing the water bottles. Water bottles did well. But then I'm like, let's do fucking tongue scrapers. It's like completely on brand for me, and we can make some dope ones and um, or sell some dope ones. So uh, that's what we did. That's so fucking random, dude. Yeah. Look at you guys. You're next level shit. I don't do backpacks. I do none of that shit. I do tongue scrapers and butt plugs. Yeah. Oh, butt plugs. Have you ever thought about doing goody sexual toys? <laughs> um, that's more a me thing. That's not a goody thing. Mm. And like goody brands specifically from the beginning, we wanted to make sure people weren't buying it just because of me. We wanted to make a cool clothing brand. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. that's why to this day. And I mean, I, you know, for sure, I feel like. You know, we could have sold a bunch of shirts if we just kind of slapped one of my catchphrases on there or did something like that. But it was like we really wanted to build it as like people had no idea who I was and they would still be like, oh, this is cool. That's the hard part, right? Like I think that's why when we when we started doing like Secret Society, it was like I'm pretty sure when it first started out anyways, I could have sold so much more if I just put my face on it. Mm -hmm. But the idea of it was that. I just want people to walk around looking good. You know, it's like yeah. if you look good wearing the clothes, then then the mission is done. And I think like one of the most satisfying things is when um, so we were walking around and there was somebody wearing a Secret Society shit. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Secret Society he goes, oh, yeah, like you guys should check them out. And I'm like, oh, it's my company. Isn't that dope? <laughs> yeah, but they don't know. Yes. They just like the clothes. Or when you're walking around and someone's like, hey, what is that? Where's that from? Where's that? We're like, well, what is that? Or like, I like your blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, actually, yeah, this is my shit, you know? That's so fun. It feels really fucking Yeah, good, dude. Man. It just feels a little more rewarding. Yeah, you know? it's like, you know what? You guys look great. Yeah, and people will tell me all, like, whenever people tell me, like, man, you're like, you know, YouTubers always come out with such trash merch. I don't even like calling it merch because it's my, not merch. It's a clothing line. Yes, because like you know, in my head, it's like you know, merch is like, you know, fucking I'm buying like an Outcast T-shirt. You know who you has know? a fire ass clothing line that you would never ever believe? Hmm. The uh the 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 the, the H3 guy. Hey, so, oh, you talking about Teddy Fresh? Dog. Yeah, his wife. That her. She like designs designs all that. That shit. shit's good. Yeah, Ela. I was like, yo, this shit is fucking dope. Yeah, I know. I was like, this stuff looks really fucking and it, good. And it does really well. It should, because it looks good. Yeah. I'm like, these motherfuckers, you could tell like they don't, this fool would never wear it. I mean, he would wear it as a, <laughs> as a parody. <laughs> right, right, but right. it's definitely, that's the weird thing, right? It's like, this isn't in his clothes that he would wear. Yeah, they do really well. Um, they got some dope collabs. Uh, and uh, yeah, good for them. You know what I'm saying? Clothes is, uh, clothing is a difficult industry. Yeah, man. I try to listen to him, but he's, he's kind of negative. He can be. Yeah, he, he kind of kills my soul sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I was in a good mood. I started listening to his podcast. I'm like, oh, because I, I thought his old videos were kind of funny here and there. I love the old HDHD yeah. videos. I was like, oh, these are pretty funny. Yeah. And then he just got really hateful at a certain point. See what happens when the negativity consumes you, David, sir? <laughs> I know, dude. I was like, oh, is that me? It's not funny anymore. It's not. I got skewed. I got skewed. It's not, not funny. <laughs> um... I was gonna say, yeah, Goody Goody Brand has um, some dope collabs coming up. I brought us, I brought this up before, but we're doing a collaboration with um, Howlin' Rays. Um, God, that's so cool. If y'all are in the LA area, you know about Howlin' Rays, and probably even outside of LA, um, we got some dope shit dropping, and we're 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 we might even do like a big like um, big outdoor event. For, as mm. part of the launch you mm. know what I'm saying like a little like fucking kind of food festival kind of like block party situation so stay tuned for that guys how fucking fun dude I've been trying to do like a 
You and me should do like a, a Send Foods Festival. I really do. I want to do like a Send Foods Festival and then get all the vendors that we really, really fucking fuck with. Yeah. So no matter where you go at the food festival, the food is going to be fire. Because we're who. so connected in the food space now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you already have by yourself, you got your own spots, you know what I'm saying? And then like, I mean, just off of Connects, we could get like, we get Halal guys up there. We get fucking... um. Um, whack ass Jumbi in there. How <laughs> dare you? How fucking dare you? When are you gonna bottle that fucking sauce? Oh, uh, the sauce is a struggle, man. It's hard. It is so hard. Here's the here's the main struggle. Have I talked about this on the show? I don't think so. All right. Well, if y'all don't know, my mom makes a very delicious traditional Thai seafood sauce. Okay, it's not a new recipe. It's not a new sauce, but her recipe I feel like is just better than everyone else's that's out there, right? And here is the struggle. Herein lies the rub, David. So, Shakespeare. Yeah. So for her sauce, it it it's bomb because it's fresh. Yes. Fresh cilantro. Fucking, and then, you know, fish sauce, and then fresh, everything else she throws in there without giving away her recipe, right? But initially, we really wanted to have it, like, be able to be shipped all across America, different bottles. And, you know, as you know, when you're bottling shit like that and selling shit in a large scale like that, you can't do it fresh and, like, make money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult. So people want to use, like... Um, you know, maybe things are not, it's not fresh lime juice, it's concentrate and it's not, and it's just not, you're kind of substituting different things to make it cheaper. Maybe it's not fish sauce. It's fucking like, you know, uh, sardine powder and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we're working with companies that are trying to make it make sense where we could make money and do this. And it, it has tastes, a good shelf life too. And it has a good shelf life, but it just doesn't taste the same. It's not going to. So like. It, it, you just want people to have a very similar and good bomb ass tasting experience, and yeah. obviously, like if it's fresh, it's going to be different. Yeah, right? we have our own sauce called uh, the Eat Shrimp Eat Shrimp Daddy sauce that we have. Right, it's this Cajun um, spicy butter sauce that you could put on, you know, your shrimp, your chicken, dipping sauce, whatever. It's fucking really good. Mm-hmm. It tastes a little different from the obviously if you have it fresh, but is it good? It's really fucking good, and that's the thing that you're going to. Uh, we're struggling because like. There's been times where, where me, Rick, and Benji, like we've tasted a sample, and Rick and Benji are like, yo, this is this is close enough for me. Let's let's do it. And I've almost been like, I'm down, but then like, and then I'll but I'll taste my mom's sauce. I'm like, this is not the same. I can't do it. Especially yeah. this is my mom's name. This is quote unquote her sauce. Like, I can't put this out there saying calling this my mom's sauce when it's not. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Integrity. We, integrity, mother. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. So now it's like there's two choices, right? Either compromise. Um, that or worst case scenario would be just doing it here and selling it locally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Farmers yeah. markets and shit. Mm-hmm. But ugh, it's a struggle. That that's uh, yeah. I mean, for us too, it took us I think about a year ish, year yeah. and a half ish to finally get the, the the recipe down. Yeah, it's a long time. I mean, it's not even just that. If any guys want to bottle sauces, there's just a whole shit ton of stuff you have to go through mm-hmm. specifically because you know you're selling food and you're doing it at mass scale mm-hmm. like you got to get like food scientists involved yeah get the calories in there all this other shit and it's just it's it's a big ordeal so when you see the final product there's a lot of time and effort that goes into getting that final product people everybody that does sauce will tell you when you tell them you're doing a sauce they're like that shit's hard bro yeah good <laughs> fucking luck yeah. and i had no idea it would be such a process you know what i'm saying we're, we're trying to figure it out um yeah, we're figuring it out. And oh, but someone told me an idea the other day that that was interesting. I'd never heard this idea before. They're like, "How about this? Instead of trying to mass produce the sauce in bottles, how about you do this? You get in contact with local people in different areas and send them how to make it. And then then you can have them sell it everywhere and then um sell it like that instead of like bottling it here and shipping it out. You know what I'm saying? That could, well, that's way more complicated. That is hella complicated. <laughs> but it's the only way, David. So, or I'll just wait until my mom retires to heaven. And I don't care how she feels about the recipe, and then I'll just fucking use her name and make a whole bunch of money. I can just picture your mom like, "You son of a bitch! <laughs> I, I die, and now you give out this incomplete product." <laughs> and then she's just staring down. <laughs> I just, I just rebottle. I just put like goodie patches on sriracha. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Sriracha is actually Thai? You told me, right? It's a, it's a Thai word? It's a city in Thailand. Sriracha. It's a city in Thailand. How come Thai people don't get credit for it? 
Um, well, according to my dad, who used to tell me a long time ago, he was like, you know, uh, sriracha, the recipe was ripped off by some dude. He just took it. And started, some Vietnamese guy. Yeah, and started bottling it and selling it. You don't need this no more. And, you know, of course, the people for me. The, yeah, the people <laughs> in the city of Shiracha aren't like, oh, we need to get a lawyer and copyright this shit. They're just like, all right. Yeah, they're like, ugh, all right. <laughs> just take it, whatever. Yeah. I had no idea. So the sauce was made there. Apparently. Oh, yeah. it's very, very, if you have like, when Sriracha goes over time and you don't like, it's just like an old bottle, it's not as spicy, but the yeah. f- I, I opened up a fresh one recently and I forgot how fucking spicy that shit is. It can be. It has a little zing to that it. That little zing, dude. That shit fucked me up, man. Thai Sriracha is actually, like Thai Sriracha is a little bit sweeter. Um, mm. And uh, my dad used to always be like, oh, you eating that, oh, that fake Sriracha, whatever. But then like after a while. He just started using one I had in my fridge. He would come over and like, you know, be eating whatever. He'd grab it. He'd like, I like this one better now. <laughs> it's like, I'm, a, I'm addicted to this one now. <laughs> Sriracha is actually my least favorite hot sauce. Damn. It's too potent. Uh, it, it'll take over whatever you're throwing it on for sure. Yeah, it, it, it takes over the flavor of everything. I like it as a marinade. Like when you make like like spicy Asian chicken shit, like yeah, I'll just yeah. do like fish sauce, uh, Sriracha, some sugar. And then like some like limes or some shit in there, and it's fucking hella good. My favorite thing to eat with sriracha, it's a, a Thai breakfast omelet. Okay, it's called kaicheo uh, musap. It's a it's a it's a pork omelet, right? But it's different. It's like you use a lot of oil, <laughs> like a lot of oil. It's basically like a deep fried omelet. Mm. Crack the eggs in there, ground pork or beef, whatever you want to use. Normally, my mom uses pork, and then you just kind of let the shit like bubble up and crisp up in a way that's like it's like kind of crispy brown all over. Mm-hmm. So fucking bomb. A little sriracha and rice. That's how my mom used to make it for me like every day. First time she made it for me as a little kid, I was like, I want this every day because it was so good. Really? Actually, and actually, you can probably go to um. It will never be on the menu because it's such like a, a basic dish. But you can go to any Thai restaurant and be like, Can I get like a Thai style pork omelet? And they'll make it for you. Oh, they're like easy shit. Yeah. Why the fuck do you want this? Well, one day, one day we'll go to Jitlada and I'll have fucking um, Jazz, the, the owner, like just make me a... No, just come over to my house one day. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go to your mom and yeah. say, hey, can you make this for me? I want to yeah. eat this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your mom's listening to this podcast. What the <laughs> fuck did he just say? Honestly, my mom's face popped into my head. She's like, you're going to... She's in my head. She's like, you're going to have her make it for David when I'm right here? <laughs> I know. Your mom, too, When you, whenever she cooks food for us, you could tell she's so happy to see people eat her food. Yeah, man. And guess what? I'm the perfect guest because mm-hmm. I'll eat until I throw up. Yeah, that's her favorite. If the, if the guests don't puke, she gets mad. <laughs> she goes, they didn't puke again. <laughs> they portion controlled. Why? She hates Chia. <laughs> <laughs> that skinny bitch. <laughs> um, well, guys, um, thank you for listening and watching another rousing episode of Dudes Behind the Foods. Stop saying nice guys finish last. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, especially since I'm a nice guy and I jizz so fast. So. Yeah, so come on, this guy right here. I touched the tip of his dick yesterday. Fucking needed seven napkins. Yeah, yeah, f- to wipe the drool off his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. <laughs> Dudes behind the foods. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share, all that shit. Rate us five stars wherever you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'm Tim Chantaranki. And I'm David So. Bye. <laughs> Yo, it's the dudes behind the food. Dude, 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 dude.